This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. On 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, wherever you choose to listen, we thank you. My name is Kristen Ocero. This operation is produced by Rob Brenton for like the next five minutes until Julio shows up exactly at the time that he said he's going to show up, right at 530. So you've got Four and a half minutes now to, to get all your takes on the air that you needed to, Rob. Anything you want to talk about here to start the show? You got five minutes here. No, I'm good. I was here at 10. If you were here at 10, 10, you heard it then. <laughs> and this is your chance, man. This is, you got five minutes here. Watch it four and a half now. Julio's going to show up right at 530. And then we'll take this bad boy up until nine o'clock because I'm also filling in for Jay Binkley, who was on this morning with Dusty on Fesco in the morning. Uh, so it'll be me and Julio after 5.30 hits. So appreciate you guys for listening after the Royals game. Royals take a tough loss in Houston, 5-2. I'll say this. I'm not a moral victory guy, generally. Generally, I feel like you get that moral victory. It's nice when it happens and you feel like, okay, let's build off of it. Usually you don't build off of it. Usually you get that moral victory, and then after that, you go back to being what you were at that point. But I kind of feel like this series with the Astros is a bit in that moral victory range. Astros, very, very good baseball team. They are kind of the reverse of the Royals. They got over, I think, fifty got their 52nd win today. So they're right in the thick of things as far as competing for another World Series. Hopefully this time not cheating. And the Royals, 30 and 50 going in today's game after this loss, 30 and 51. They're right now the fourth worst team in Major League Baseball. But the Royals took the Astros to the limit in this series. Yeah, they only won one of the four games. But if I were to go out and say how I think they performed, I think the Royals came as close as you can come to getting a, a moral victory, if you will. Am I, am I crazy, Rob? I mean, I'm not a moral victory guy, even though I'm a KU football fan, so that's all I have. <laughs> I get your point, but I feel like Royals fans, and myself included, are so beaten down from the first 78 games that being like, you know what? They weren't that bad in the last two and a half games isn't really salvaging the season. Right. It's not, it's not going to salvage the season. The, the, the team is not going to finish well this year. But here's my thing. When I watch this team, I feel like there's something to build on. We've seen teams in the past. If you watch the team back in the mid-2000s, 
05, 06, the Buddy Bell years. There wasn't a whole lot to build off of this team. They were losing games, and you felt like, oh, man, like, I don't know who we can trust in this lineup, in this rotation, in this bullpen for the long term. Even at that point, like, even a guy like Zach Greinke wasn't somebody that we were looking at as a reliable player for the team. There was a lot of question marks about everybody on that team. You look at that team right now. You see some potential. You see it with Witt. I, I know he hasn't played uh, last couple games because of the the hand injury, but he pretty. I mean, he tried his best to play today. He he tried his absolute best, and they just they were being very cautious. And I understand that, so I'm not I'm not going to blame them for that. But Bobby Wood Jr. has been uh, a bright spot for this team. NJ Melendez, you can see the potential for him. Um, you can you can see like with Pasquantino. We, we know he's got a lot of potential. I feel like there's a lot of guys that you can look at on this team and you feel like, okay, just if they can just fix this one thing, they can, they can, they can write this ship. You can look at this pitching rotation and you can see guys, they'll get like three scoreless innings, four scoreless innings. Then you get to the fifth inning, like with Boobich. And everything falls apart. Boobich doing well. Then he gives up three home runs. I mean, uh, two home runs, three runs in one inning. And all of a sudden, everything changes. And it went from a good start to one that just completely fell apart. Like, it, these guys are just so close. That doesn't mean that they're going to turn this in. That is, There's no guarantee that they're going to turn this into something. But I just feel like there is a lot that this team can build on. As long as the they fix that one thing that's getting in the way of them being able to succeed. In this case, guys being able to go further into games and not give up that one home run, two home runs that basically cost the team the game. I feel like they're getting there. So I feel like this was a an encouraging series. Good team in the Astros, just bad luck or bad performance in just these small situations, and it costs them the game. So I'm not as discouraged, even though they they just lost three or four against the Houston Astros. I'm not as discouraged as, as, as many of you people might be. I know that there were some people calling in to the postgame show that weren't quite happy, and I understand. But I'm not quite as discouraged. There is something, though, uh, I heard from the manager of the Royals, Mike Matheny, that did have me a little bit concerned about this team. I, I heard this earlier. Uh, I know you and you and CDOT played this earlier on uh, when you guys were filling in for Cody and Gold, and I it kind of concerned me a bit. Here's Mike Matheny. He was on with Fesco in the morning. He had this to say about leadership in the Royals clubhouse. Trying to always push these guys outside of their comfort zone. We're trying to have more meetings that are player-led that these guys – take take ownership and with that ownership comes some accountability too and so uh, the more of those voices that we get um, especially the ones that are just truly sold out what's best for this team this isn't about me and, and that's the that's probably the differentiator um, because the guys sniff this stuff out when you play 162 games in 180 days you're not fooling anybody uh, your your motives and your intents are going to be real obvious by how you go about your business and we've got a number of guys in here that go about it really well and should have a better voice and part of that is just uh, equipping them but also um, pushing them a little bit 
to use their voice a little bit more in that clubhouse. Now, there's two things I, I, I kind of want to address here about that audio. The first thing, it's a little concerning that you've got guys that are basically kind of the future of the franchise, and they're not quite stepping up into those leadership roles. Now, they're young. It's not the end of the world. But it is very concerning that you've got guys who, like Bobby Witt Jr., like Melendez, that don't quite feel comfortable taking a leadership role in that clubhouse. You've got guys that, and, and maybe it's because they see guys like Whit Merrifield. They see guys like Salvi. And I'll say this. We know Salvi is kind of a glue guy. He's the glue guy for that organization. He has been since the World Series years. But it is concerning that you've got guys out here kind of being passive as it pertains to leading this team. And I, I really hope that the effort that the team is taking to build that leadership in the clubhouse among the players is something that actually bears some sort of fruit. Because we know in sports that if you've got a lack of leadership in your locker room, in your clubhouse, that really hurts the team in the long run. Because somebody's got to hold people accountable. Somebody's got to go out there and say, you need to step your game up and do it the right way too. You got to know how to talk to people. You got to know how to address each one of your teammates because not everybody's going to be comfortable with being approached in an aggressive manner. So you need somebody that's very personable. And I know that criticism can be tough for people in a lot of different avenues to be able to handle. So it's important that you have guys that are able to realize that and know how to approach every one of the guys in that clubhouse. So I, I do, I, I am very concerned about that part of the game that you've got a guy and you've got guys in that clubhouse who are still kind of antsy about it. And I, I do appreciate that Matheny and the rest of the people in that, in that clubhouse understand that they can't be the ones to just dictate to the players. I've, I've talked about this before, and I, I've said many times, there's only so much that coaches and the manager can do in baseball. Baseball is one of those sports that a lot of times the players kind of police themselves. They kind of control the game, the, the flow of the game themselves. And I very much have been a proponent for players taking ownership of the failures and successes of the team. I talked about this after Terry Bradshaw got fired as the hitting coach that it's it, it to me, he very much felt like a sacrificial lamb because at the end of the day, the players are the ones that have to own that. They're the ones that got that guy fired. Not Terry. Terry ain't the reason why those guys aren't hitting. Those guys are the reason why they're not hitting. So to me, I, I felt like that was, a good take from uh, from Mike Matheny to have about trying to encourage leadership in the clubhouse and trying to push these guys to go out there and and take ownership. But there's also a concerning part of that as well. And that is that I personally don't like the idea of the manager coming out and putting that out into the public space. I do think 
that it's nice for us in the media, nice as fans to have that sort of information. It's nice. Like, seriously, like, I'm sure that when you, as a media member, you get that kind of an answer out of the, uh, out of the coach, out of the manager of the team. When you are getting that kind of an answer, you're feeling pretty proud of yourself because you're getting a kind of access that managers, coaches generally don't like to give to media members or to, or to fans. But at the same time, I don't like Matheny going out and, and saying that because at the end of the day, I feel like you don't want to kind of put these guys out there on blast in front of everyone. These guys are young. They can be a little fragile as far as their egos go. We've heard J.J. Piccolo and, and the rest of the guys talking about how they're managing these guys because they understand, like, you don't want to leave a young guy in too long because if he goes in, if you leave him in too long, next thing you know, his confidence can get shattered if he gives up a home run or gives up a hit that scores a couple runs. You don't want to go too far and leave them in too long and destroy their confidence. At the same time, you don't want to go out there and kind of let the public in on information that probably should stay confidential. We like that information as media. And I'm sure you as a fan like hearing Matheny go out and kind of hold the players accountable, if you will. Say, hey, we need guys to step up and and take ownership in that clubhouse. But is that good for the for the players? Is that good for the organization? Like when I think of like the Chiefs, for instance, for instance, because they've been very good about this. The Chiefs don't let us any don't let us know anything that they're not comfortable with us knowing at all. Like any sort of dissension in the clubhouse, any sort of issues, we, we never hear about it. Never hear about anything going wrong in in the locker room. It, you know, I remember a few months ago when that that blog post came out about Eric Bieniemy. And we had heard nothing of the sort happen from any other sources about Eric Bieniemy in that locker room. Don't think it was true. Maybe there were aspects of it true. But even if there was aspects of that blog post that were true, we didn't hear anything about it because the Chiefs have been very secretive about the issues that happened there. And certainly there are issues because, frankly, there's always issues in every professional organization in regards to uh, problems that can exist in the clubhouse, locker room, etc. There's always going to be some disagreements. You're always going to have star players that disagree with coaches, et cetera. Happens all the time. But you don't want to publicize that to the media and to fans because at the same time, what ends up happening is we talk about it more. And that's going to be something I guarantee you Matheny's going to be asked about pretty much throughout the rest of the season. Who's going to step up and be a leader in the clubhouse? Is, is Bobby Wood Jr. going to do it? Is Melinda's going to do it? Is it Pasquantino? The the most successful organizations do not publicize information like that. They just don't. Not unless it, it leaks out somewhere and they got to address it because everyone's asking about it. I don't like the idea of the manager of the team telling everyone we don't have leaders in the locker room that are young. I just don't like that. Maybe you're fine with it. And like I said, from media standpoint, it's like the holy grail of get of information there, getting the manager of the team to kind of open up about the inner workings of the locker room. But as a fan, I certainly don't think it's a very good idea to publicize that sort of information. So 
hopefully he doesn't share that kind of information in the future. Hopefully he kind of keeps it on the low so that we're not kind of having these distractions uh, go around here in the, in the Royals clubhouse. Coming up next, I tell you why I don't think the Chiefs are going to make any other major moves before the regular season. Looking for soccer content? Check out Rob's Nutmeg Podcast on the 435 Podcast Network, available at 610sports.com and the Odyssey app, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back in here on The Drive, 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app. Kirsten Ocero, finally Julio Sanchez joins the party. Hello there, buddy. How's it going, man? I, I, I like the I like the nice smile on your face when I walk in the room. It just it brightens my day. Did I? I, I was talking when you walked in, and, and you and you had a good I, smile. I, smile. I didn't have. A you smile. can talk and smile at the same time, right? <laughs> I I I think it's that's like what the what they tell you to do if you're like if you work in like customer service over the phone. You got to talk and smile at the same time. Use your smiling voice. It's like burping and farting at the same time. No, no, I don't same? think that's what it is. No. I tried. That's really gross, actually. Comps have never really been my thing. So yeah, you're not a very good comparison person. No, that's why. That's why I push the buttons. That's fine. That is why you push the buttons. You didn't have to agree with me. If you, hey, I'm just supporting you, man. You're my guy here. You're my you're my favorite uh, producer yeah. to work with. Not 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 the kind of support I'm looking for, but you, you know. shouldn't have said it that's if you want if you didn't, didn't want me to you support have to agree you. With me, but. That was like that's like when your girlfriend sets sets you up for a trap by asking you if you yeah. think that so and so model is hotter than she is. And you failed. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not your girlfriend. Hey, I'm, but, but I'm, you br- failed. I'm brutally honest. Honestly, obviously, I'm honest. I'm not brutally honest, but I'm honest. Not not learned in your current relationship, have you? I'm honest, man. Yeah. Don't ask me those kind of questions if you don't want me to answer it honestly. That's fair. Here for the next nine minutes or so before uh, we get to Bink at night, which will be me and Julio as well. If you want to weigh in on anything we talk about, the Jay's Southland Toast Service text line is 913-586-7610. I don't think we have an issue with people calling into the old phone line like we used to. No, uh, we still do. We still do? No, we, we still do. That's that's why we just basically well, we, shut it yeah, down. We exit down now. Yeah. Yeah, you just get the busy signal. I mean, right? I understand. Look, we've trained our listeners for years on 
the old a, number. The old number, and it's 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 hard to break. You know, routine. I mean, it's hard sometimes. I'm surprised Change how hard. how easy it's been for us as hosts to like remember to say the new number. Uh, all right, you're giving yourself a little more credit than you deserve here. You got the damn number written on the board right in front of you, and I see most of you guys all looking at the damn number every time. You I read don't it. look at the number. I'm not giving you guys credit for that. I don't look at the number. I don't Re- have to reel look it back in. I don't have to look at the number. I didn't even know it's it was up true. there. It's not true. I didn't know it was up there. I actually have been like emphasizing the eight in the five eight six. Why? So people know because sometimes we say it and then people still call in on the old number. I don't. I'm, I I make sure every time I'm on the air, I emphasize the the new number. I mean, it doesn't roll. If I'm being honest, it doesn't really roll off the tongue quite as nicely as the uh, it's previous. The, it's number, just one number. Get used to it. That's it's fine. the one. It's one number. That's fine. So I want to I, I want to get to the Kansas City Chiefs here before we close out this uh, this abbreviated version of the drive. This is obviously going to be your home for the Kansas City Chiefs for training camp. 610 Sports Radio, Odyssey app. We will have shows out there in St. Joe covering live. I know Dusty and Bink will be doing Saturday shows there. Um, we're gonna, I mean, we're gonna have that coverage wall to wall. So make sure you keep it locked in here as we are the uh, official broadcast partners of your Kansas City Chiefs. We're now at the point where a little bit over two weeks away from quarterbacks, rookies, it'll be two weeks from tomorrow that quarterbacks and rookies and select injured players report to training camp. And then the veterans will report the next Tuesday on the 26th. Practices start on the 27th, but they'll be open to the public, I think, on the 28th, that Thursday. Do we expect the Chiefs to make any other meaningful offseason moves? before the start of training camp or even before the start of the regular season, aside from like cutting players, are they going to bring anybody in trade for anybody? Because I keep seeing articles on like Arrowhead pride or Arrowhead pride. will have links on other websites to other potential trades that people could be making. I know like Rocky from Arrowhead pride put out like three realistic trades that the, the chiefs can make before uh, the season last week. I think it was. And like, he was talking about like they could trade for like Brandon Ayuk. And I know there's been a lot of people pushing for the Chiefs to trade for Robert Quinn, edge rusher from the Bears. And I understand that. But do we really think that Andy Reid and Brett Veach is going to make any sort of meaningful move to improve this team right now? It, It is July 7th. And nothing's happened. They haven't even signed Orlando Brown Jr. to an extension. And they got like just over a week to get it done. I think it's the deadline's the 15th in like the middle afternoon. It's like 3 p.m. I think it is. Maybe it's a little bit later than that. But I mean, they're running on a very tight deadline here to get that deal done. He's got to sign a long-term extension. Otherwise, they got to wait. And then they'll have to franchise him next year if they want to keep him on the team. Do we really think that they're going to sign or, or trade for another impact player before then? Because I, I keep hearing guys on the station. I keep hearing, seeing articles online. And I, I don't believe it. I don't believe, I believe the Chiefs were finished making impact moves really as soon as the draft was over. Once they started signing like uh, undrafted free agents like Justin Ross, I think they were done. At this point now, they're just taking their time and waiting on on uh, them being able to get a deal done with Orlando Brown Jr. 
That's the only big. That's exactly where I was. That's the only big move that's that's left. Really. It's the only move. That's all they could do is get Orlando Brown Jr. And they don't really seem like they are pressed to make that deal happen right now. They are. I, I guarantee you, Brett Veach and Andy are just sitting there like, oh, we'll just. We'll, t- um, we'll do it at 2.59 on, on next Friday if we got to do it. If we got to get it done then, we get it done then. Like, I just don't feel like the chief. Like, here's my thing. I believe that Brett Veach and Andy Reid are the kind of guys that are ultra confident in every move that they make. They are the kind of, uh, of guys that are like, if we make a move, we feel like it matters. It means something. It's impactful. Even if you doubt it, we trust ourselves that that move is going to help the team. When they drafted Breland Speaks, that was the ultimate I'm smarter than you move. When they drafted, and that wasn't Brett Veach who drafted Tano Passanio. I believe that was still John Dorsey. But when they drafted John Dorsey, the day after they drafted Patrick Mahomes, that was another one of those uh, I'm smarter than you type moves. It was one of those moves where you 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 made that move and you were like, I'm picking this guy because I think physically he has everything he needs to be a star in the NFL. We feel like we can coach him up and and build the technical skills up to make him a great edge rusher. Because he was playing at Villanova and he wasn't highly touted as an edge rusher. But he's six foot seven. He was like 280 pounds. He's huge long arms, credible reach. Like they looked at him and they salivated over the physical aspects of his game. And that approach has helped them because that's the reason why they landed Trey Smith last year in the sixth round. He was a five-star talent when he went to Tennessee. And the only reason why he dropped uh, as far as he did to the sixth round was because of medical issues, blood clots. And then in the case of guys like, like take a guy like Joshua Kando defensive end out of Florida state. He was a five-star talent, had injury problems, but he was a guy that a lot of people thought would be a star at the collegiate level. Couldn't stay healthy. I'm sure the chiefs were sitting there in fourth round and they were like, we think we can do what we thought we could do with Tano passing you and Breland speaks. The chiefs just seem ultra confident in the moves that they make. They're not the kind of team that sits around and doubts themselves and feels like they have to like overcompensate for everything unless they want to have options in the future. Like they did this year with corner where they probably only need one corner and then they drafted two. Actually, they drafted three because I think they got one in the seventh round. They just went out and just started drafting all these guys so they could have some options. They are the kind of team that when they make moves, they trust themselves and they don't feel like they need to go out there and be safe by going in and getting an extra player. I'm sure that the Chiefs are very confident in a wide receiver. They looked at Juju Smith-Schuster and they were like, oh, that guy's going to be, he's going to be, he'll return to what he was in, like, think, I think it was 2019. I'm sure they're looking at MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I guarantee you they're saying, hey, maybe this guy could turn into a number one receiver here because he's got Patrick Mahomes. Or maybe they're looking at McCole and they're like, maybe this guy can finally be the guy that we think he can be. They're probably very confident in, in, in all of those guys, that one of those guys will break out this year. Maybe they think Sky Moore will do it, even though he's, he's got some tough competition. I feel like the Chiefs are a team that is very confident where they, with where they are. There's a reason why they didn't get aggressive in trying to address their pass rush issue last year. And there's a reason why they generally, unless it's very obvious, 
that it is uh, that they're terrible at a certain position, like offensive line uh, after the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. Generally, they don't go heavy in trying to fix their weaknesses unless it's a situation like that, unless it's a doomsday situation. And I feel like the Chiefs are so confident in the moves that they've made, so confident in Carter Loftus, confident in Frank Clark, that they're perfectly okay with sitting by and just letting things happen during the regular season. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that move. Uh, I mean, I don't oh, know. And, I don't know what what they've seen that to ha- to give them that amount of confidence, especially in the defensive line, or you know. <laughs> Those defensive ends need some work. I mean, I don't know how you could be confident in anything they've done the last couple seasons. I'll say, I'll say right? this, man: the Chiefs love George Karloff. I, I mean, I, they love. George. I love him too. I mean, he's they got love the, that kid. the motor. I mean, that that's what they're looking for. But but he's not going to fix everything. And and I mean, the proof was in the pudding last year. There was there were some issues with, with getting to the quarterback. Yeah, last year. So. Look, the time for making moves, that's over. I mean, make, making a big splash, that that's that's not going to be a thing. The Chiefs have already laid the foundation over this last offseason that, that that is not the direction they are going, right? They have zigged when everyone has zagged this offseason. Will they make a potential signing as far as, like, maybe a Jason Pierre-Paul who's still out there or Carlos Dunlap, Derek Wolf, some, something like that? That ain't happening. I mean, that they, they, that might, they may or may that not. That ain't happening. Not unless but, something happens with the I injury. Mean, that's just not going to happen. Nothing. They're, they're not going to make a splashy move. They are confident in what they're going with into the season this year with what they have. And, and, and I'm okay with that. As long as, right, this is setting them up for future – maybe next year of making some really big signings because they will absolutely have the cap room to do so. So I'm okay with them taking a, a little bit of a step back, setting this, themselves up for uh, for future success. Well, that's it for the drive coming up next bink at night. And uh, I'm going to tell you why I am not a big fan of all this conference realignment. The drive. One option was fight an orangutan with the sword once a year. The other option was you could fight a chicken every time you get into the car. What option would you pick? On 610 Sports Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. 
Welcome in. This is Bink at Night. 610 Sports Radio, the Odyssey app, however you choose to listen. We thank you. Chris Inocero, Julio Sanchez, here for the next three hours. Binky Boy has been doing, uh, he's been doing Fesco in the morning this week with uh, with Dusty. Getting a little, getting up a little too early for my taste. Yeah, I, I've I've talked to Fesco and uh, and Kling about it, and it's like you you never get used to it. Nope. They've been doing it for like over a decade. You nope. never get used to uh, it. I did that for a while, filling in. For yeah, him, you did. That yeah. was uh, you never get used to it's it. Not fun. It's not fun. So I've got the NHL draft on here. Uh, it just started on ESPN. Should should I should I keep should I give updates on it? Do you know a single? I don't know a single drafted? player. They they got this Alan Alan Debrincat, I think is his name. Never heard of him. They apparently there was some big trade here. What what the we, we can call Spec big? and see uh, Spec's the hockey guy here. We can we can see if he knows anything about these guys. I don't know if that's the word I'd use for this, but I don't think. I probably butchered that guy's name. It looked like Debrin Cat. I probably butchered his name, though. Other than Spec, I don't think there's one other single person in this city that cares. No, I think Bink likes hockey. Enough to watch the yeah, NHL I draft? He, yeah, I don't I think, think he, so. I, think he pro- I bet you he's watching the NHL draft tonight. There's nothing else on TV tonight. Even if I give you that, Bink doesn't count. He is just an abnormal human being that cares way too much about sports, so... Uh, he he's in his own category. He doesn't count. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Just because he is really into sports doesn't mean he doesn't count. Now, granted, he's also the guy that watches USFL football. I guarantee you, he was locked in on that championship on Sunday. Religiously. He was locked in on that, on that championship on Sunday. You're not helping your case any. <laughs> no, he still counts. He still counts. Just because you're like, I'm a, I'm a, like, I'm a big football diehard. I'm, I'm going to watch. I'm not gonna. I, I wasn't really tuned in on USFL this year. Uh, I I just couldn't. I could not want to. My girlfriend would always roll her eyes when she'd walk in and I was watching it. She's like, "What are you watching?" I was like, "Bad football." Like she'd roll her eyes every time she heard me. You know, saw me watching that stuff. So yeah, I I, I understand because it's it's degenerate stuff. It's like the Maction. If you're watching Maction, degenerate because that's not good football. That is minor league football, essentially. It's not even. It's not even major league for the college game. I mean, NCAA football is. It's like Maction is kind of like what the MLS is to like the EPL. You know, it's about what it is. Throwing, we throw in soccer reference. That's how we're going to start the show. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. you really want to capture the audience? We, you? yeah, we will. We will talk okay. soccer later on in the show. Of course, I got some takes. Maybe. I didn't get a chance to do it because we only got a half hour in uh, for for the drive. So I, I do want to broach you about something. I didn't get a chance to do it with Rob because Rob was only here for like seven minutes because you were late. Rob was checked out. I, oh, Rob was, was tired. I, I was forty minutes. I was twenty minutes early. Twenty five yeah. minutes early. Yeah, but you said you're going to be here five thirty. You weren't look, here till five thirty two. Look, we got real jobs here. So we got we got real jobs. So here. we got we got. If real you say you're going to be somewhere five thirty, you need to be there at five thirty. Look, look, I'm a, I only work with what I got, so. That's fine. I I told Rob is like he's going to be right on time at five thirty, right? On, and you were you were two minutes late. So I want to get into uh, one of the biggest stories of the week, which is the conference realignment story. And Dennis Dodd from CBS reported that USC and UCLA are going to be leaving the Pac twelve in twenty twenty four and joining the Big Ten. 
And there are also rumors swirling around that the Big 12 right now is negotiating and would be willing to bring in up to six Pac-12 schools in the conference in the near future. I don't know about y'all, but I hate conference realignment. I hate it. I am not a fan of it. And I believe me, I understand if you are a fan of one of them schools that was going nowhere and then all of a sudden you got into one of the uh, into a much better conference and it helped your school out. I understand that. If you're like uh like let's take BYU for instance. BYU is about to go into the Big 12. It's going to be nice for them getting guaranteed television money like that. Um, they're not quite the darling in college football like they were like 20 years ago when they were still riding on the fumes of Steve Young's time there. Right now, it, it's it's great for them. It's great for Cincinnati moving over to the Big 12 because that helps validate that program. Luke Fickle, you know, going to stay there at least for now. I, I understand that. It's great for them. I hate the the shifting of teams within the Power Five. And the reason why I hate it is because I'm a fan. I'm, I'm generally a futurist about a lot of things, but I'm I'm very much a traditionalist as it pertains to sports, as it pertains to like uh, divisions, conferences, etc. I like that. I like when there are rivals that you have that last forever. Like I know, because I'm a former KU basketball fan, it hurt me when Mizzou left the SEC. That hurt me. And it, it, it was because... Not that I, I like cared about Mizzou leaving the conference per se, but the fact that Kansas was going to lose their greatest rival. That hurt me. I loved watching, I, I, seriously, I loved watching Mizzou get beat up on by the Jayhawks. I loved it. I love watching Mizzou lose. It hasn't been as fun since Mizzou went over to the SEC. And, you know, now I'm, I'm not a KU basketball fan anymore. So, obviously, like, watching them lose basketball games just doesn't do that much for me as much as it used to. But I'm sure that KU fans listening, you enjoyed, not quite as much, but you enjoyed Mizzou losing basketball games, Mizzou losing football games, almost as much as you, you, you enjoyed your favorite team, your, your Jayhawks winning those games. Certainly now with football, you enjoy winning games much more because it doesn't happen that often. But you definitely, <laughs> it's the truth. Unnecessary. It's true. But you absolutely took joy in your rival's misfortune. And then you lost Mizzou. Mizzou went over to the SEC, you pouted about it, you crossed your arms, and you were like, we're not going to play anymore. And what happened? You lost your greatest rival. Your greatest rival became Kansas State, and that's not really much of a rivalry. That's like little brother, big brother, little brother relationship. It's not the same thing. There's not hated rivalry. Like, KU fans don't hate Kansas State. They just don't. It's not the same thing. It's like, oh, you tried, you pat him on the head, and you move on. But for me, I love that hatred. I'm a Florida fan. Love Florida football. I hate Georgia. I hated when Georgia won the national title in football this year. Hated it. It it hurt me. If there were a shift in the conferences, you know, in the in the SEC conference now that Texas and Oklahoma are moving over, if there were a shift and we couldn't play Georgia every year 
in the world's largest cocktail party? I'd be disappointed because we don't get the the opportunity to beat them down. I can't take as much joy in watching my uh, my hated rival lose games because it positively affects my favorite team. I think that college sports needs that kind of passion. And I just don't like all the, the rearranging of teams and losing all of these programs to other conferences because I just feel like it kind of hurts the tradition of the game. And college sports is one of those sports that, that – absolutely has to have that tradition in there because it's very different from professional sports. It markets itself off its pageantry. It markets itself off of these rivalries, this storied tradition. And when you take that out, it's a bunch of people that aren't quite as good as the professionals going out there and playing. And that to me just isn't quite as fun. Well, let's, let's call it what it is. Colleges have become corporate entities, right? That's, 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 what they've become. It, it's, they may say they care about their traditions. They may say they care about their student athletes. They may, they, they may say all of these things to make it seem like they actually care, but they don't. It, colleges have been taken over by corporate types that only care about money. Rivalries don't necessarily equal to revenue. And, and it has become that. And that's all that matters now is money, which is unfortunate for us. And it, it really what it's turning into is the sport is slowly dying. College athletics is, is slowly dying. People caring and having a passion for college sports. It's, it's slowly dying. It's withering away at the expense of lining pockets. I don't know. And if it's sad. It, I don't know if it's dying. I do feel like the, feels tra- like a slow death. I feels me. like the tradition, the, the pageantry, I feel like that aspect but that's, is dying. That's a majority of what made people care about college sports to begin with. Your pride in your school, your pride in your area, that, that's not really the case anymore, especially for those schools that don't excel in any one sport. I mean, look, KU basketball, that will always be a thing. Uh, you know, Alabama football, that will be a thing. These, these big machines – they will always have a, a huge support and following, but those schools that teeter on mediocrity, those are the ones that are going to be most affected by this. I mean, look at some of the major colleges that are being left out of these realignments. I mean, people are just going to stop caring about those schools, and, and then the sport's going to become even more top-heavy as far as competition. It's just, it, it's just kind of sad to see, and I don't think I'm venturing too far out on a limb to say college sports are slowly withering away. I don't Den- think that's a reach. Dennis Dodd from uh, from CBS. Uh, he was on with CDOT uh, earlier this week on The Drive and talked about something I think was incredibly concerning about the, the future of the NCAA. The NCAA will not oversee football. They really never have. Um, and they run a heck of a basketball tournament. But there's one, I think, I don't know if the word is concern. If that if there's too much top headiness at the top in those two conferences, SEC and Big Ten grow bigger, I think we're talking about them, you know, them taking over the tournament. Um, you know, and that there's already that discussion with the transformation committee, and people ought to watch this very closely. You know, 32 automatic bids from the 32 Division One conferences. That's where we get a lot of our Cinderellas. 
there's a big push not to give those smaller conferences automatic bids because they don't, you know, they don't put the money uh, and they don't have the brand that the bigger schools do. So I'd watch that very closely. The NCAA tournament might be going away. That scares the hell out of me. Is that is, is that, that not what I just said? That was, a, that was a great transition. Scares the hell out of me, dude. Fantastic. Promise is, I never heard that. that inc- I know you haven't heard it because you, you just got here like five minutes ago. That's right. I It concerns me a lot that that could be the future of college sports. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I know that, like, I, I listened to Cody and Gold, I think, last week when this information kind of came out, and they were talking about, like, a major, like, you know, 40-team whatever conference and basically them just running things on their own like that. I don't know if that's going to happen because I don't think that all these schools are just going to agree to just keep out all the small teams and then share the money together like that. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. But that's concerning. Because that takes away from some of the magic of like the NCAA tournament, which is the small school that really doesn't contribute, that doesn't make a ton of money, having that Cinderella moment and they beat the top schools. You know, it's kind of like you remember last year when all like a bunch of the top clubs from over in Europe in soccer were trying to start that Super League. And basically it was a way for them to compete with the champions league so they could get guaranteed cash because they were guaranteed spots in the tournament. I feel like this is what could happen with college sports and it concerns the hell out of me. Certainly you as a KU fan don't have to worry about that because KU will get in and at least in basketball football, they're not going to get in, Why? but Why? <laughs> I, I got to get those digs in when I get no, but necessary, <laughs> but it, I would be very concerned if I were like, if I was a Wichita state fan and you know, they're able to put together a team that could have one of those magic Cinderella runs. They might not get the chance to because they're not big enough contributing. You know, they're not drawing enough people to make the kind of money that the bigger schools would like to me. That kind of kills the tournament. I, I will, I will say and I, this I don't think was purposely done at all, but one good thing to come out of this that may counteract that is, is this whole NIL and transfer portal situation because it has allowed schools to turn around from being terrible or mediocre to a good to great team much more quickly than in the past. So in that regards, it kind of has balanced it out. But that was just a product of, of the situation. That was by no means was that done on purpose or did anyone foresee something like that happening and that being a benefit of the situation? No. And and hopefully it does lead to there being more parity in the sport in the future. Like I know like Nick Saban was pretty pissed because, you know, his his class got beat out by Texas AM in this recent in this recent uh recruiting class and you know he Nonsense. was like, Oh, Deion Sanders paid for his players, you know, like, you know, basically throwing shade because he got beat in recruiting. Alligator tears. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I feel like that to me is the thing that could prevent this from happening. Cause I feel like it's it's good for the sport that there is this disbursement of talent that's semi equal. It's gonna take some time. Cause we're not, I mean, it's not like Jackson state's out here pulling top five classes, but if they could in the future do that, because Dion's able to recruit talent the way that the way that he's kind of shown that he can he's starting to show a little bit of that. That'd be great. It'd be great if some HBCUs could go out there and compete with these big public universities. It'd be great if some of these non power five schools could compete with the public university. Since he making it to the college football playoff and as a 
team that's not in a power five conference. That's great. Like that right there is the sign that you need that some parody could be happening in college sports. Cause I do not like the idea of just seeing the same teams on top because they just happen to recruit better than everybody. So I, I really hope that Dennis Dodd's wrong. I, and I, like I said, I'm usually not, I'm not even that big of a, of an NCAA tournament fan like I used to be. But I, I, to me, being a lover of college sports, especially college football, I would hate to see it just be a, a, a matter of kind of pay-to-win type situation because I, I don't think that's good for a sport that kind of prides itself on things uh, not in the financial realm to helping them succeed. Coming up next... I tell you why the Nets are handling the Kevin Durant trade situation all wrong. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Pink at Night, 610 Sports Radio. I think I think I found the only other person that cares about the NHL draft, by the way. Oh, are you the are you the NHL guy here? I was about to say, I was like, I, I look at Julio and I'm like, you're watching the NHL draft right now? Hey, no, hey, I no, just I have it on. No. There's nothing on tonight's it's sports a <laughs> That yeah. is that is Jason Katz over only from Katz would care about Katz would Katz loves hockey. Jason Katz from uh 98-1. Uh, KMBZ News Radio. We have the, uh, I have the NHL draft on right now. I literally do not know any of these players. Seriously. I, I don't know anybody here on this, in this draft. You got to give us, you got to give us a rundown. Late, so I'm not too happy about this day, but I digress. What'd you say? Oh, the Hawks. They're, they're my Blackhawks. Oh, my you're, the, oh Black you're a Blackhawks fan? Okay. Yeah, they, they traded their first round pick this year. And uh, so, yeah, they, they don't have much. To so I'm, right I'm trying to get into the NHL. I'm a, I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan just because I like their colors. Uh, I got a hat. This guy is such an eclectic fan of every random ass team out there. <laughs> you, smell, you smell bandwagon? No, no bandwagon. They're not bandwagon. They didn't make the playoffs this no year. Loyalty. Hey, at least they finally didn't make the playoffs this year for the yeah, first they time. Yeah, they made the playoffs for like the first About four damn years. time. I'll tell you this. I did not know that until this morning when I was I was actually Some looking. Some fan you are. Some fan you are. He's a fan, though. Just like Florida football and Phoenix Suns NBA basketball. Yeah, I, I pissed some people off of the Phoenix Suns. I thought he would be a Golden State Warriors fan because, you know. No, no. It's still on the table. No, Steve Nash. That makes a lot that's of why I'm a Suns fan. I'm a Steve Nash. That's the reason why I'm a Suns fan. But yes, yes, I, I, I'm very glad you actually, you actually got that out there. Cause I'm actually very interested in this, this, the NHL draft is going on right now. What is his name? Pronounce his name. God. Pronounce his name for me. And I, okay. Okay. I'm going to butcher this. Jura Slavkovsky. Sure. He's from, sure. He's from uh, Slovakia. He's, he looks like a big kid. He's a very big dude. Uh, apparently he had 31 games. He had uh, five goals and five assists. And no one cares. Only th- absolutely really? five no goals. Five? Yeah, he, he needs to do better than that. Yeah, that, but he he. It looks like he got he's drafted. The number one pick. Yeah, he got drafted by got the five Canadians. Goals and five assists. I looked this up. Canadians, I think, were the worst team in 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 hockey. 
this past season. So that's uh, their that's their rate. That's what, they were pretty terrible. Terrible. Like I said, I'm I'm learning about the game here. Uh, I pissed off some uh, some KU fans, some of your people, Julio. Early, yeah, the, last, the people like, have spoken with your nonsense. Get out of here. Somebody's like, how the with hell are you not a KU basketball takes. fan anymore? Uh, Andrew Wiggins. The way that Andrew Wiggins was treated by Bill Self, I didn't appreciate it. What? Andrew Wade. Do we need to get into this? Yes, we do. No, we I was no. pissed. I was like, you had you had Maple Jordan here and you blew it. Cause blew what? You blew Andrew Wiggins. Maple Jordan and you no. you no. he neutered him. No. I, I was not happy with, with how he was treated. I don't know that that's the word I'd use, but Hey, that man could have been a, he could have been a special player, a special player. If he would have had he is Bill a special so- player. No, he's not. He, no, he's, not. He he's, a, he's a good, he's a very good the- player. He's a very good player. He what is not a superstar about? player. He shouldn't have hey, been in the all-star game this year. He shouldn't have been didn't, in the all-star he, game. Right? This he year. didn't just, he didn't just get, he wasn't just on the all-star team. He shouldn't have started. He, started, he shouldn't right? have made the team. Oh, okay. He shouldn't okay. have made the team. Would they have won the championship without him? Don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. But he's That's not. Right. He's not a. He's not all star player. Hater. I'm not hating. You're such a hater. But I. I. I will say this, man. Like I said, for me, and it wasn't just KU. It was. It was just college basketball in general. I just not as good as the NBA, and it's not even close to being as good as the NBA. Like like college football, I don't think is that far off because we see a lot of players come in to to college football and. Um, you know, go into the NFL right after college, and they're pretty good early on. I mean, we saw it with Patrick Mahomes, even though he sat for a year, he could have he could have started. He was better than Alex Smith his rookie year. Um, there were a lot of players that we see come in as rookies in college football from college football, and immediately are impact players. How often do you see that in the NBA? Yeah, but that's apples not that to oranges. That's apples no, to oranges. You not. can come in at a very young age in the NFL and. and Quite honestly, the NFL targets those younger players and builds. Yeah. Those are building pieces for NF- for NFL teams. Right, right. It's much more difficult. I mean, you're playing with grown ass men when you get into the NBA. I mean, you're doing that in the NFL too. Yeah, but they're it, grown it's ass just, men in the NFL. To oranges, it's, 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 it's grown ass men in the NFL too. Con- it's a completely different <laughs> athletic skill set. Right. It, it is, and that's the reason why it's hard for me to watch. Call it because like the athleticism, the talent, the skill isn't anywhere close to the NBA in college well, basketball. That's the reason why it's hard for me to watch. And the, the shooting in college basketball has just been horrendous the, the oh, last so five years. I mean, it's, it's so painful it's not, to watch. It's very painful. And then it makes it look that much worse for the NBA because it, they make it look so much more easy when it's it's not. So there's just a big there's a big disparity between it's, NBA and, and college. The shooting is sure. so bad in college basketball that fans who prefer college basketball over the NBA will say that they don't play defense in the NBA. That's how you good the shooting. The NBA, that's how good you the don't shooters. Watch the NBA. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's how good they are. How good of shooters they are in the NBA that they're so good at it that it looks like the opposing team's not trying to play defense. And I, they absolutely are. I mean, they are 100 percent trying to play defense, but those guys are just so good at shooting it doesn't matter. You have Steph shooting threes from right past half. I mean, you can't you can't guard that. There's there's just no there's literally no guarding that. Right. The so guy just turns around and chucks it up and he goes in. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's but that's the reason why. And then uh somebody asked why would why would KU want to play Mizzou? See, that's the reason. Right, that, let's have this discussion. That right is the reason. I said this. I was like that is the reason why like you want to have rivalries in sports. You absolutely want to play Mizzou in basketball. 100% you want to. Yeah. You want to stick it to Mizzou. Cuz I know I know this. 
I, I know this from KU fans because they were they were talking about this after Mizzou left the, the Big 12 and went to the SEC. Who's our rival? I remember having this conversation on the air, talk, seeing so many people here at 610 on the air talking about this. Who is KU's rival now that Mizzou's gone? KU fans tried to say it was, oh, well, Kansas State? Uh, what about Wichita State? No. no they no, tried to convince no. us that all these other teams were their rivals. But let's be honest here. The only real rival y'all got is Mizzou. Here's That's the, why y'all played them in basketball. Here, here's what I want to know. This, this doesn't seem equal to me. Why Kansas basketball being where they're at and, and Missouri basketball being where they're at. Yeah, it's not good. Why, why, why are we competing with each other only in basketball, but not in football? Because I feel like it's the exact same, but on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to football. Why are we indulging them in basketball when they can't indulge us in football? I understand there's a difference between college basketball and college football. Yeah. It's a lot less games and whatnot, but hell, if if we're going to play them when they're irrelevant, why the hell aren't they playing us while we're irrelevant, which we're always irrelevant. But. <laughs> you know how sad you sound? I, I mean, you were going to say it. I just beat you to the punch because it was going to happen, so you're welcome. That's that's a good point. I agree with you. Mizzou should play Throw Kansas Throw us a pity football. game. Throw us a pity yeah. game, too. Like, let them go. Like, if they, if Kansas just so happens to beat Mizzou in football, they'll go down and they'll tear the goalpost. They're like, we want Bama. Hell and yeah. everything's good. I I agree with you. They should bring back the border war at Arrowhead. I think what they call it, the border showdown at those the end. Were, to be PC, those were amazing just, games. Yeah, as I'm saying, I loved it. I, I wasn't a fan of either team, but I loved watching those two teams go at it at Arrowhead. It was fun because it was a heated rivalry. And I love that in sports. I love heated rivalries. Remember Steelers-Ravens from like a decade ago? That was so much fun to watch. I had no rooting interest in those games. But I loved watching those two teams play because of how heated it was. To me, that is what the, that's the best part about sports besides your team winning a championship is watching two teams that are heated rivals that hate each other. The fans talk trash to each other on social media and in the stadium and they fight and throw beers at each other. To me, that right there, aside from your favorite team winning a championship, that's the best thing about sports. And I want rivalries like that in college sports as much as possible. And you know what college sports just did to you? Yeah, they, they just they boo-booed all over your... taking it away. That's right. Man, I hate that. I mean, I'm happy that my, my favorite football team is in the SEC. <laughs> they just took a poop ain't nobody all over leaving, Ain't nobody leaving the SEC. But still, I, I, I do hate the idea of rivalries potentially being destroyed. Like, what happens if uh, Washington gets taken in by the Big 12, but Washington State doesn't get taken in? What happens if Washington decides, well, we're not going to play Washington State. We're not going to play at that school. They're not, they're not on our same level. They don't. Why waste time doing that? We're in a bigger conference. We have better opponents to play. Why not do that? Like, I just feel like you're opening the door to that kind of situation happening. Well, and you're fooling yourself if you think that those schools, those states that have multiple schools care about each other. No, those fans care. The schools I, no, don't, no, but the fans care. Well, I, so, meaning, do you think KU cares where K-State ends up? Do you think Arizona yeah. cares where Arizona yes, State ends absolutely. up? Oh, Arizona, Arizona State, they hate each other. Think that. Arizona, Arizona State have fans hate not, each other. Have you not been seeing the landscape of college, of 
college sports in general right now, they are cutthroat. They give no Fs about where anyone goes right now. I think they, they are do. all in it for themselves. I and think you are they fooling do. yourself if you think otherwise. If Kansas State was, if Kansas and Kansas State were in different goal. conferences and didn't play each other, I, I think y'all would get a little antsy. I think y'all would. I think y'all Kansas fans would miss beating down on K-State twice a year in basketball and then getting beat up in in football. So so you're you're telling me KU would turn down an invite to the SEC or the Big Ten because K-State didn't get invited? You're you're telling me Arizona would turn down an, an invite to the Big Ten because they didn't invite Arizona State? I don't think so. I, I think they would be like, think I think they'd be like, You're hey, crazy. could you could you include them too? Bruh, I think they'd be like, on, could man. you include them too? <laughs> Get out of here. I think like, hey, hey hook them up here. I want to play them every year. Not how the game is I think played. they care. I think that, I think maybe the schools don't quite as much, but the fans do. Y'all well, the know. The fans don't matter. You they know matter, as a KU though. fan that you would hate if college, K-State, if you couldn't play K-State every year. They you know do you not hate care it. about fans. But you know you would hate it as a fan if that happened. Oh, absolutely. As a fan, I would. I would, it matters to me. It as does a, matter to as me. As a fan, you know you'd hate it. But and it that to me is the doesn't reason. doesn't make a difference. That to me is the reason why I don't want to see it. I just don't want to, I don't want to see those rivalries go to They're waste crazy. here. Coming up next, we will get to why it is, uh, I think the Nets are mishandling the situation with Kevin Durant. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Big at Night, 610 Sports Radio, the radio.com app. No, radio.com app. The Odyssey app. God, I am, I'm not. You. Yeah, but you know the new number, don't you? Yes, I, I do know the new number. is 913-586-7610. Same number for the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. I'm good on that number. Uh-huh. I, I, dude, I've been, I, I still mm-hmm. been saying 610sports.com. What's the name of that app again? The Odyssey app. Yeah, okay. I was listening to it earlier. It's a good app. Yeah. You can listen to Royals games on it. It's much better than the old app. Oh, it's way. Oh, that old 610 sports app. Bad boy kept crashing every five minutes. Oh, man, I hated that app. I hate having to to rep that app. The old boss was like, hey, you 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 guys got to bring that app out here. We got to do better. It was not good. We got to do better. But yeah, the Odyssey app, great. KU fans showing out today on the Jay Salmantos of his text line. Talking the last couple segments about how I hate conference realignment. And I think as much as y'all act like, because KU fans are, are saying they wouldn't care about K-State if they if they ended up not playing them. Y'all would care. Because y'all cared about mm, Mizzou. Y'all cared debatable. about when Mizzou left the SEC. Y'all were pissed. Yeah, but you Because already, y'all were like, we're not going to play you anymore. You crossed your arms and you started pounding. But you already said that's because it was a rivalry. It so was I'm saying it's a rivalry. Our, it, was, it was a real true rivalry. K-State y'all would, is not Y'all would care quite, about not playing not playing K-State. Y'all would care. Uh, I mean, there would be a second with some of them, Especially with some of them KU, K-State fans start, start talking salty when KU loses a basketball game and y'all can't put the beat down on K-State. Y'all know damn well y'all be like, Man, I wish we played y'all asses look, this year. Look, if, if they end up playing in, playing some action action, I doubt that uh, 
KU fans would care too much about what happens and what goes on in May. Yeah, y'all would. No. Y'all would care. Uh, no. As soon as I one don't. of them K-State, because there's tons no. of K-State fans and, and, here in Kansas City. And it goes both ways. I doubt anyone in Manhattan cares what goes on in Lawrence and what they do. That's a lie. Unless, well. That's a lie. They measure everything by your standards. Yes, they care. I wouldn't they say They love that's true. beating y'all up in football. Not when it comes to college They football, love yeah. beating y'all up in football. And they love when they get the occasional win in basketball. They love it. I, K-State fans might be fronting and say, oh, we don't care. They care when they get that occasional win in basketball. That means a lot to them. That's their Super Bowl. They care about that. So don't even try to front KU fans. Y'all know damn well y'all would miss K-State if y'all got broken up and y'all couldn't word. play him in sports. Y'all know y'all would miss them. We, we, we would reminisce on some good y'all times. Would, y'all would reminisce on some good times, but y'all would miss, miss playing them because I know y'all were missing Mizzou before. And it's a little bit more intense That's with Mizzou. It's different. a little bit more intense with Mizzou, but y'all know damn well y'all would care. Yeah, well. You know damn well you would care. So I want to get on this KD situation here. I've been teasing for the last 20 minutes. So there's a lot that's been not happening since the the news came out a week ago that my sons were the favorites to land Kevin Durant after he demanded a trade from the Nets. And there's a lot of takes floating around here about where he could land, what the what the uh, and what the market is for him. Here's Brian Windhorst from ESPN talking about the Nets and their crazy demands for Kevin Durant. Yeah, when the when the Nets put him on the market, <clears throat> Dan, I think they thought there was going to be a tremendous bidding war. And while there's a lot of interest. From what I can tell, that bidding war isn't really hot right now. The teams have made their their offers, and they don't really feel the need to increase them. Now, maybe we'll see a little bit of action coming out of Summer League. All of the executives are gathering in Las Vegas over the next few days, and there could be a restart in action there. But there, in, you know, there's been a couple of things that have happened that have you know, even made it more complicated that involved the Utah Jazz. The Jazz make this trade with Rudy Gobert uh, last week where they get an incredible haul of draft picks in which the Nets respond by saying, well, now the price for Durant just went high, higher. And the rest of the league is kind of saying, we don't think so. We don't want to pay that price. We didn't like that trade. And then you look at Donovan Mitchell. After the Gobert trade, there was a belief that maybe Mitchell would be next, and maybe at some point he will be. But for now, the Jazz are telling people they don't intend to trade him. And on Mitchell's side, he's going to stand pat. He's not going to force any action right now. So without Mitchell in the market, um, there's the teams are not trying to outbid each other. You, it, it doesn't make sense for teams to sell their house to pay for a car, even if that car is a Lamborghini like Kevin Durant. The Nets, they got to trade this. They got to stop asking for too much and just trade this man. They just got to do it. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they they don't. 100% no, have they don't. to. Dude, have you paid attention to the NBA the last few years? When a star Absolutely. wants out, they make it known. And if they don't get their way, they do everything they can to force their way out. Kevin Durant is right now, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Suns fan, but Kevin Durant right now is doing everything possible to tell y'all he wants to be a Phoenix Sun. He's doing everything. He is having everybody tell y'all he wants to be a Phoenix Sun. He told Brian Windhorse. He's told uh, Stephen A. Smith. He told Avery Johnson, who uh, you know hasn't 
been in the league in like a decade. And, you know, he's the former head coach for the Dallas Mavericks back when Dirk was there and uh, most recently was with Alabama as their head basketball coach. Like, he's saying, yeah, this dude wants to be in Phoenix. I I know people that have told me that he wants to be in Phoenix. Everybody's saying this dude wants out of Brooklyn. You know, because we saw it with James Harden. James Harden wanted out of Houston. What happened? He gained weight, showed up out of shape, and was scoring like 19 points per game until they traded his ass. Yeah, but you're not you're not telling the entire picture of of that that you're not painting the entire. But he wanted out, that. and he just he 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 showed up overweight to camp, wasn't trying hard, and eventually they're like, fine, we'll trade well, you. There to was Brooklyn. also some, some dissension between him and Kyrie, so there's a little bit of a background. Yeah, and there's a reason there was why. dissension between him and Kyrie in Brooklyn, and then eventually forced his way out of. Brooklyn too, but whenever you got players who really want to go, they make it known and they cause problems for your team until you trade them. They cause issues for your squad until you trade them. We are now in an era of player empowerment in sports, especially in a sport like basketball. And Kevin doesn't really have a whole lot of leverage as far as his contract goes. He's still got four years left on his contract and he doesn't have a no trade clause, which why would you Sign an extension with your skill level and not include a no trade clause in it. Yep. That doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, you know, you would think, you know, what happens if you get hurt and they decide to trade you? That doesn't make any damn sense. That was a mistake on Kevin's part. But we know that these stars have the power to wreck a team's championship championship chances if they decide to not play or if they decide to show up and just half-ass it, like Kevin, like uh, James Harden did, both when he was in Brooklyn and when he was in Houston. Why would you not just make it happen? They're asking for too much. I mean, they're not they're not just going to give them away. So so let me start by saying I I I completely agree with you that over the last 5-10 years the the league has really catered towards NBA stars and what they want ends up happening. However, I really do like the way the Nets have handled the situation in that they're showing that they're not going to bend to players wills at least not in this situation look how the Kyrie situation was handled right he wanted out they they gave him the option to go look for trades nothing worked out knowing that he was probably going to stay and what ended up happening he signed that one-year contract didn't he he's coming back he he didn't have an option nobody wanted to have an option nobody Nobody wanted wanted but Kevin Durant is in the same situation where he's now forced his way out of multiple different situations Right. And he's now it's a PR issue to where teams are going to not they're not going to want you because they can't trust that trading for you and giving up that amount of assets They're you're they're They're going to be stuck in the same situation that Brooklyn is now stuck in. And they, they have now have a, a proven track record of having these issues. And, and it's a them problem now. It's not a it's no longer wondering if it's a team problem, a team chemistry problem. It is now a them problem. Right, so that that that's that's the second, third thing. That Gobert trade, again. I mean, five ridiculous, dude. It was man, way too much for Rudy players. Gobert. I mean, dude. that right there, the the Nets are right in in and wanting more than what than what what Minnesota gave up in that trade. I mean, Utah got a haul. Why? And you're talking about a top three player still in the NBA, and you're going to get less than what. Than, than what Utah got for Rudy Gobert, there's no way in hell. And not to mention, you've got four years of control over him. 
I mean, man, that would be stupid. You you can't bend to his will. He's got no leverage, and you can't just give up. You you can't give up control. Not for a player like that. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with that because I feel like your value. I said this before when Tyree Kill was traded to the to the Dolphins and they paid him a bunch of money. Your value is what a team is willing to pay for you. Yeah. Right now, nobody's willing to pay exactly. the price that the Nets are wanting for him. Exactly. That means that he's not as valuable as Rudy Gobert. Because if no one's willing to, to pay as much as they did for Rudy Gobert, that's not what his that value was a, is. That was a you stupid can't, trade by Minnesota. That was. But they made the trade. Absolutely they, And it was, it was dumb as hell. Absolutely it was insane. Absolutely ridiculous. And if they don't win a championship, they're going to look really stupid for making that trade. But 100%. The market that that the Nets thought they were going to have for Kevin Durant is not what it is. It's not because of Kevin Durant. It's because teams don't want to mortgage their future to just get back Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's a great player, but he by himself doesn't make you a championship level team. You need other players around him. And that's why teams yeah. don't want to trade their all-star players because they would like Kevin Durant to play with their all-star players. He is not a leader. He needs somebody that is going to lead the team. I, he, think, I think everyone needs. I know he can lead a team, but not, everyone not needs a championship a, you need team. another star. He in needs another NBA. star that's going to take the lead. And uh, another point is, is injury between Kyrie, which not necessarily was a, an injury situation, right? That was more, more of a COVID situation. <laughs> yeah, it's but, not an but Durant has been in an injury situation. I think he's played like 90 something games over the last three years. He's unreliable. So to give up that much and get a player that is not only unreliable as far as his health goes, but as, as far as leadership and wanting to be there and committing to your organization. I, I mean, it, it is a different situation than what Rudy Gobert uh, and what he's kind of turned himself into. It, it's different, man. He has no leverage at all, and Brooklyn should be asking for the world at this point. I think he does. What What's the harm in bringing him back? Because if he doesn't. And running it back one more year. Because if he doesn't put in his effort or if he sits out and pouts, you're not going to win a championship anyway. They're not going to win a championship if he stays or he goes. So it doesn't make a difference. That's the thing, though, is like you might as well, it might as well move him and get some value back for him so that you can actually have a chance to win a championship. Because if Kevin Durant doesn't want to be there, you're not winning a championship anyways. So you might as well move him and get some players that want to be there. That's the reason why you watch European soccer. Nah, nah. Those teams, whenever a player says, I want to go, they're like, okay, where you want to go? Let's go get the get. Let's get some money. Let's get you out of here. Let's go get somebody that wants to be nah. here. And you have to find a partner that has the... The asset. I mean, oh, there's plenty of teams that have assets. Not, they just don't there's want. Not. They just don't want. They they just don't have the assets that the the Nets want. But sometimes what you want is what you can't get, and the Nets are going to have to lower their asking price if they want to if they want to be able to get something for Kevin Durant. Coming up next, we get to Julio's web hits. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 